The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Katie Mox and Will Brinson here, joined by Ligier Doosable Doos. I've missed you on the last oh, two yeah. Tuesdays. I'm so excited to be here with you. If y'all missed the last episode, we broke down our favorite picks for 2023's NFL regular season awards. You can catch that episode on our YouTube channel or the audio version wherever you get your podcast. Go ahead and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another episode today. We are once again firing up our crystal ball and looking at some player uh, future props for the season. But first, we got to get down to business here, right? And talk <laughs> Jonathan Taylor Leash. Um, this is kind of crazy, right? Because he said he didn't want to play there anymore. And then he had the injury and then it was fine. And now it seems to be that uh, they have given him permission. The news has leaked out Monday that the team is willing to seek out a trade for Taylor. This is, of course, a stark contrast to what Jim Ursay said very publicly previously oh, yeah. that he was absolutely not going to deal Taylor. Um, what, are, what, do you, what do you think of this? What, I personally... Don't think he's going anywhere, but Lee, what do you think? Well, before we get into that, Mox, I know me, you, and Will were talking, you know, before the show, and there was some even bigger news that happened last night, mm. right? The preseason streak ended for the uh -huh. Baltimore Ravens, 24 straight, and they lose. I was following you on Twitter, Mox, and <laughs> what you said made a lot of sense. It actually had a real feel of a Monday night football yeah. game. Like, yeah. I don't know if – that many people in the preseason game would watch that late into the game if that streak wasn't attached to the Ravens. Like, people were invested in this streak, like, literally. And for people to say that preseason games don't matter, as a totality, it doesn't, right? But as a player that was an undrafted free agent, those games do matter for players that are playing in them, yeah. right? Because you're fighting for roster spots. You're fighting for practice squad spots. So it was great to see that game come down to the wire. And 
Sam Cosby, right, the guard for the Washington Commanders, talked a little trash this week mm -hmm. because they had to cross practice with the Ravens. He guaranteed, almost practically guaranteed. He, he, was, asked by, he was asked by a friend of the podcast, yes. J.P. Finley, if, <laughs> okay. if, if, if when he thought about the streak, he was like, I don't give a bleep about this streak. He's like, he's like, and then you can see it in his eyes. He was like, wait a minute, I can just guarantee we're going to win this preseason game. No one cares. Like, if I'm yeah, not from wrong, who cares? Yeah, he went for it. Yeah. Just the ball, as Katie Mox talked mm -hmm. about. They ended the streak. So uh, I thought it was great. Again, totality, no, the streak doesn't matter because it doesn't affect what you do in the regular season. But you know the Ravens are ultimate, ultimately competitive. Got a quick story before we move forward with the Jonathan Taylor um, situation. Oh, right, My second year in the league, right? And this is when guys – Overtime was still allowed in preseason, which every vet hates. They despise it, right? So I'm playing for the Giants. We're playing the Carolina Panthers, right? Uh, we had just tied the game up, right? I believe it was somewhere in the 20s. I can't remember the exact score. So the Carolina Panthers go out there. We're thinking they're going to take a knee and go into overtime, and all the vets are on the sideline pissed off, right? They stop the ball, and I'm in the game, right? I get on the edge of the guard, right? Work my way back to the quarterback. Sack, fumble. Ball goes up in the air. One of my teammates caught it out of the air, scored a touchdown. I was the hero. All the vets came <laughs> up to me and hugged me because they were like, we despise overtime in preseason. Those yeah. games are already extended because when a, young, a lot of young players play, a lot of penalties. So the game is usually like three and a half, four hours, sometimes even five hours long. They were not trying to sit through another quarter of football so I was the hero that day, that day, and it was great, right? It was only my second year in the league. I was fighting to make a roster, make the roster. Didn't make the roster on a stacked team, and that played a pivotal part in it. So I thought that was a pretty cool story. That is cool. That is cool. And like if you heard Troy Aikman last night, he actually goes, he goes, "Oh, they're going for two. I mean, it was Troy. He's like, "They're going for two, Joe." He's like, "I, I think that was it. It wasn't Joe, right?" But he was, he was like, "He's like, you know, he's like." It's a lot of time left here, but you're going for two. And he's like, and uh, John Perry reminds me, there's actually no overtime no now. Because yes. they got rid of it. Because it used to be like, I swear Ron Rivera at one point, and it might have even been that game you're talking about, dude, where like Ron Rivera like could have gone for two to take a one-point lead or something like that with Carolina. It was like, and everybody's like, what are you doing? Don't kick that. Like, no one point. wants overtime. <laughs> like, I'm, no one wants to oh cover overtime. No one wants to watch overtime, dude. Um, well, but, I thought, but, I thought that the I, I don't know i i won josh harris by the way yeah like i'm glad you're a billionaire but we got to work on handshakes pal oh my god I mean, he's in preseason mode my yeah. man he's like joe, joe <laughs> buck's talking with his hands do. and he dives in he with a like, handshake and joe buck's like what the hell are you doing <laughs> joe's like i'm just talking with my hands as yeah. most of us do in this industry <laughs> harris looked out he was like oh okay yeah. <laughs> and he just he just gets, shakes his hand he's like what the um, but yeah, I, mean, I think look, John Harbaugh wanted it bad. And I, I respect Ron Rivera for being aggressive, by the way, yeah. Ron Rivera, of course, being aggressive there, <laughs> uh, and, and trying to get Joey Sly in, in range, gets the field goal up and, and takes down the Raven streak. Like, you know, I mean, you, we can say that the streak doesn't matter and it doesn't matter. And it is largely luck, but a lot of people bet on those, bet on the Ravens. A lot yes. of people bet on they the commanders. Do. And it's like, look, you're competing. You want to compete. People want to win, even in these preseason games. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, one, I was a big supporter of the streak. I've won some money on these, uh, and like JLC and Emery, we had all these haters that were like betting every <laughs> weekend for the streak to end. I'm like, don't you people like money? Don't you like the excitement? But I will say it did make, because there was something on the line, this streak that maybe matters, maybe doesn't matter. It felt like the last couple of minutes of that game were exciting. It felt like a Monday night football game. I believe it was either sure. Joe Buck or Troy that said, this is, this is the most exciting preseason game I've ever been involved that, in. Yeah. Yeah. And then he was like, sure. then he goes, it's the only preseason game I've ever been involved in. And then he goes, wait, no, that's not right. I've yeah. done other ones, I think. It's like, you played in the NFL, Troy. You're a Hall of Famer. You've been involved in other preseason, preseason games. games, man. I mean, well, and I will say, Washington acted like they won a real Monday night game. I mean, they ran oh. on the field. You yeah. Were they carting off Ron Rivera at one point? But I do think as a, as a new ownership franchise when they kind of finally feel like themselves again this was kind of a pivotal win for them that they can build off of i feel like it was kind of like their first big win even though it's preseason but you took down the ravens 24 win streak i actually you know i wasn't i wasn't the energy it, was the happy. energy with washington is night and day and you heard joe and it troy is. talk about it you heard josh harris like sort of allude to it. i thought one of the funny parts was when joe buck they come back and he goes so six point oh six billion dollars. He's like, you really had to toss that like last point oh six in there. And, and Josh Harris like, like you can tell he's like, he's like, he's like ah. don't remind me, don't he, remind me about. He's also that. like, he's like, ah, oh, this is weird. You just like reminding everybody that I spent six billion dollars on a football team. It's like, yeah, let dude, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, let me yeah, let me grab your hand. I mean, <laughs> I think this Washington team is gonna steal a victory or maybe two this season based just on like these yes. the, the vibes the energy of this team and like the excitement of just not being under the Dan Snyder regime I mean you could hear the players during training camp I mean you I don't I don't expect you to comment on Jets ownership or anything dudes but like you know like, I, I, I mean I, <laughs> hey, I, 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 hey. no I'm serious but like it does like it Woody's like, my guy yeah of course yeah like if you yeah you <laughs> love the but like you love Woody you love the Johnsons like like ownership does matter because it is the ultimate boss's boss like like we have really good bosses at CBS Sports, right? We're fortunate yeah. in that regard. And if you don't think that, you should agree with me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do oh, agree yeah. with you, though. <laughs> no, no, I, I do. I do too. Like, I think our. I think the way that, like, uh, like our our front office, our management at CBS is fantastic at what they do, and like that makes it easier to come to work. It makes yeah. it easier sure. to do your job. For sure. And if you're if you have to like live under the shroud of like being like employed by Dan Snyder and every you know, don't get me wrong, you enjoy you appreciate the check, but like. You know, like these guys, you could see the difference in like, like thank God, everything is a little different. The vibes are a little better. Like there's going to be more like attention paid to like employees and, and what's good for us and what's good for the team as a whole. And like that matters, right? Yeah, for sure. It's It was almost like there was a, my bad, Mark, I didn't mean to cut you off. It was almost like a black cloud over that franchise, yeah. right? And you, uh, you kind of even alluded to it, Will. Like they were showing pictures of training camp practice last year compared to this year and the amount of fans that came out with the energy because they knew there was going to be new ownership there. So the owner does play a part in it, right? It's everybody from the top down plays a part into having success for a franchise. So I think they finally have gotten over that black cloud feelings, a lot of excitement. And it's one of the best fan bases in football, especially when they're yeah. winning. And, you know, you talk about a dark cloud and how much the owner uh, matters. How about more of a gray cloud, if you will, with Jim <laughs> yeah. Irsay? Dude, Very nice. Love the, segue. Are... love the segue. Thank you. I what love the work. Yeah. Thought, uh, on Taylor and, and where the teams stand, like how does this end up being resolved? Uh, are they asking for too much? They want a first round draft picked um, in exchange for Taylor. What do you think? 
Yeah, I believe this is some gamesmanship. You know, the puppet master, Jim Irsay, right? He's he's telling Jonathan Taylor, you know what? You want to see what the market is truly for running backs? Go ahead and test it out, right? We're not just going to give you away, right? And there's been rumors supposedly that they want compensation up to a first-round pick. I'm not is not necessarily saying they just want a first round pick, whether it's a group of picks or a player right. combination or yeah, whatever, exactly. right. yeah. which no team is doing for a running back right now, no matter how good you are. Right. And then on top of that, it's not just the picks, right? They have to pay him. They have to compensate Jonathan Taylor. So if you look at this late part of the season, right, we're right around the corner from the season starting about under three weeks ago. I don't see a team out there that potentially is willing to do that for a running back right now. And, do we even know if Jonathan Taylor is healthy? He hasn't participated yeah. in any training camp, right? He's still on the pup list right now. Every time I see him, he's got the, the dark hoodie on with the shades on. So, like, how healthy truly is he? So, even if he does get traded, right, you got to pass a physical or the trade is null and void. So, yeah. I mean, there's so many nuances to this situation. I'm like you, Mox. I think he ends up back with the Indianapolis Colts. To me, that's his best situation anyway. Why wouldn't you want to be with a guy like Anthony Richardson with the athletic ability he has? You got Shane Steichen over there. Yes. Look what he did to Jalen for Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders had a career year last year and got paid. You're going into your contract year, and yes, they can franchise tag you again. But if you're with Anthony Richardson, I mean, we can see your numbers go upwards to 1,800 like you did in 2021 without having a mobile quarterback like that. So I think Jonathan Taylor is best suited to stay there. The running back market is what it is. Saquon Barkley didn't do you any favors by signing essentially a franchise tag. And there's rumors that Josh Jacobs is coming back to the Raiders. So he's not holding out. So where is your true leverage at, right? I mean, to me, you're best suited to stay put with the Indianapolis Colts. So to me, and I wrote about this for CBSSports.com, and you can read it went up this morning. Um, This is like emblematic of a systematic issue with the Indianapolis Colts as a whole. And it's sort of been that way for a few years now. Um, I wrote a piece like blitzkrieging the Colts several years ago because they completely screwed up the Andrew Luck situation. Like they, they, Andrew Luck, one of the four best quarterback, four best prospects in professional football over the last, what, 40 years like retired early because he just couldn't stay healthy and the Colts didn't do a good job managing his situation. And I think that what's happened here and we talk about ownership and the importance of it and how like good owners delegate, look like there are very few good. There are very few owners who know what they're doing from a football perspective, as well as the football guys do good ownership. Smart ownership involves hiring smart football guys and delegating to them and letting them do the football things. And you do the ownership things, the bigger scale stuff. Jim Irsay very clearly has his hands deep into the football side of things right now. This is the same guy who fired Frank Wright, hired Jeff Saturday to replace him with zero coaching experience above either middle school or high school. I think it was high school. (laughs) Yeah, above high school. And then at the press conference, proceeded to brag about Frank Reich's record with the Colts after firing him. He, like, the things he's done, he he needs to spend more time, like, fiddling around with guitars and less time playing a fantasy football (laughs) manager, as I I wrote. And and I do think that he was involved in the Anthony Richardson uh, drafting. Whether they, they, maybe they love him, that's great. 
that he was going to take a quarterback at four and he didn't care which one it was going to be. If Will Levis was the only guy there, I think he would have taken Will Levis at four. I think he was going to hire, I think like he's involved in, in this Jonathan Taylor stuff. You know, he came out and said, if I die tomorrow and Jonathan Taylor's out of the league, no one cares. It's like, don't, you don't say that. About <laughs> Crazy your words. Right? You don't say that. And I think here's the thing that maybe the Colts are missing is that they have a ton of salary cap space. They have a win total that is six and a half. They're not expected to be good. They're in a division that's not very good. They have a rookie right. quarterback who is great with his legs, but still working on accuracy with his arm. You have He's on a rookie deal for the next three years. He can't be signed to another contract. If you're going to pay Jonathan Taylor, <laughs> this pay is the him now. <laughs> like, give him the this money the now. Give him a, give him a five-year deal that is a three-year deal and line up his new contract with Anthony Richardson's rookie contract, and then he's out of there by the time that you're that you're getting Anthony Richardson where he can get paid or you you figure out if you're going to do something else with, with, with Taylor. To me, it just doesn't make any sense how they're handling it, and it just screams that Jim Irsay is involved in this. And it makes me want to fade the Colts all season long because Ursay's just got his hands in too much stuff in this football pie. That was a lot of passion from Will Brinson. It was. Sorry, I don't know where that came from. Coming out hot. On this show. And that's why why you party with Jim Ursay. You don't exactly get into business with Jim Ursay. DJ, we we had a thing on this show. I like to ask everybody, which NFL owner would you like to party with? I said Ursay. Brinson was a little more worried about getting busted. I said, I said Jed York. Jed York, which I can't even believe. If you had to pick one, who is it? That's a really good question. Yeah, you can percolate on it if you want. We can come back to you. I mean, I think Jim Irsay is going to be a heck of a party Let's go. for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yes. It's going to be a heck of a party for sure. Man. <laughs> but yeah. see, he, he was in my Irsay was in my top five, but like if like if I'm dudes, I'm like, I'm partying with Woody. Because what is he like? Do whatever you want. Uh, well, it up. I, mean, exactly. I would assume of- that you're going to get all the bells and whistles when you're when you're partying with this owner. So yeah. that's yeah. why I said Ursay. But obviously, Woody would be my number one guy. That's, that's my yeah. guy. And Jed would be actually not too far off because you know I finished my career there too. So yeah, I, I, just, I, would I also with think Jed like too. I also think like Jed is not going to like Ursay's going to be like we're going to the honky tonk bar and I'm like I really don't I don't want to go to the honky tonk bar. Like, oh, you you will been. listen uh, to me play guitar. I bet Jim. I bet Jim gets it in. Yeah, I bet he does. I bet he does. All right, guys. It seems like you guys pretty much already agreed on this, but PointsBet did put out some hypothetical odds to where Jonathan Taylor could go. You got the Dolphins at plus 120, the Bucks at plus 550. That would be interesting. Uh, Bills plus 450, Vikings plus 800, the Saints plus 900, and then the Cowboys plus 1500. But when looking at these odds, this does seem to me like even the books think that the Colts are the actual real favorite to retain JT. No one's a minus 200 favorite here. So yeah, it seems like he's going to start the season. And Brinson, I agree with what you're saying that on the Ursay side, it makes more sense to pay JT now, but he's, he doesn't exactly have all that much leverage either, right? He's coming off of a down season, only 861 rushing yards, four touchdowns through 11 games. He's sitting out right now due to injury. We don't know when exactly he's going to play. Like none of this is helping his case, but it just seems like, what is it? Is it oil and water vinegar. Right? that don't mix? Yeah. and vinegar. Oil and water don't mix. Oil and vinegar are good together. I was going to say oil and vinegar is good with dip a little bread in there. Yeah, so yeah, I don't yeah. think that's one <laughs> oil. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so it seems like kind of a weird thing, but, Dudes, when you we know Brinson is not touching the Colts at this point. Their win total is <laughs> six and a half. The over is actually juiced to minus one twenty. You could get that under Brinson Ooh. at even money. They are plus six hundred to win the division. You know how are you going to bet the Colts uh, given the current state in Indy? 
Well, first, I would I say I would say it's interesting that the line really didn't change for their win total, yeah. even with Jonathan Taylor asking to be traded, which I, which makes me believe, like we believe, Mox, that yeah. Vegas believes Jonathan Taylor <laughs> is going to be a Colt. Right. So the line hasn't changed. Uh, the Colts, I think it's going to be a long year for them, to be honest with you. Uh, you kind of heard Shane Steichen talk about this earlier in camp. We're going to take our ups and downs with Anthony Richardson. And the thing is, he doesn't have a lot of experience. I mean, yeah. 13 games in college. I mean, having Jonathan Taylor in the backfield will help, but we don't know where his status is as far as mentally does he want to come back and even play for the Colts health wise. Where is he at? I just think this is a down division. I just think with at the quarterback position, you would have to say out of all four teams in the AFC South, right, you would say Anthony Richardson is probably in pecking order at the bottom of all those quarterbacks. Um, I know C.J. Stroud is in that conversation, but I would think a lot of people would say he's more polished at the quarterback position than Anthony Richardson is. So I'm taking the under. I got Actually, uh, I think we did a, a win total not too long ago, and I have the Colts, I believe, winning five games this year. So – I would take the under on the wins, uh, the six and a half wins. I don't. It's, again, it's a bad division, so they could easily win seven games. But I, I trust the under uh, on the six and a half, rather than going uh, them going over six and a half wins and getting seven wins. Well, yeah, I believe- the, the Brinson model had them winning four games. If, if you're interested, okay, he's worse than me. Good lord, yeah, I know. he's he's a real pessimistic jerk. <laughs> but here's the th- but here's the thing. I believe that their um, division win line is what at like two and a half. Two they and could half, win yep. three games in the division. To your point, could, DJ, sure. it's a down division, um, so that could potentially happen. But yeah, to to get over the six and a half is tough. Yeah. I think you could. Be, I think. Oh, sorry. I, I just want to say this because I know it's going to uh, piss Pete Prisco off. Um, yeah. I've, been, I've been the one guy screaming at the top of the mountains that I don't know when we decided just to give the Jaguars this division. Right? Let's not forget they were one game <laughs> over five hundred. They were what three and eight at one time last three year. Three and seven, I think. I think people, maybe three. They're definitely three and yeah, seven. Three maybe and three and seven, eight. something yeah. like that. Like people tend to forget that. How many close games did they win on pick sixes at the end of the game, which never happens twice in the NFL? The Tennessee Titans are winning this division. I'm going ahead and saying it on Pick Six podcast. People forget when Ryan Tannehill is up against it, right? When it's a contract year, he just seems to get it done. I know we'll talk about him later in the show. But just look at his numbers when he had a true number one receiver. Mm-hmm. Over 3,700 yards, over 3,800 yards. Now he has DeAndre Hopkins. And last time I checked, King Henry didn't go anywhere. Mike Vrabel's team is going to physical you to death, right? So I got the Tennessee Titans winning this game. I know this is a little sidebar. Mm-hmm. I mean, winning this division. But it's just crazy to me that people just automatically have assumed the Jaguars are going to win. And, yes, I spent two years of my career in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. So you know this is an unbiased opinion <laughs> right here. I just to me the Jacksonville Jaguars haven't gotten better on defense, right? They have issues with their offensive line. I know there's a lot of cachet and Anton uh, Harrison. A lot of people think he's going to be really good. I think he's going to struggle his rookie year, right? And they lost Cam Robinson for the first six games. I think people aren't talking about that enough. So I think the Tennessee Titans are going to win this division. Hold on, Brinson. I want to say one thing because you say that you want to piss off Pete Prisco, but yesterday. Brinson and I were on Spotlight, and uh, Chris Hassel said, the more that he gets to know Brinson and the older he, that he gets, uh, the more he sees Pete Prisco mm, in depressing. Will Brinson. Uh, Why? Because of his love of the Jags. It wasn't because it wasn't, it wasn't of my hair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it certainly wasn't because of my hair. The Titans are going to win this division. 
It certainly wasn't because of my tan or my lack of hair. That's oh for sure. Man, yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I'm like, I'm, right there. I heard that. I know. I'm like, I'm Casper <laughs> the ghost next to Prisco, but at least I got hair. Right. Um, look, I, yeah, I think that, um, you know, Emory Hunt has the Colts win the division. I do think like, if you're going to pick, I think I've been saying, I think the Texans are a decent bet to win the division at like almost 10 to one. Like this, the, mm. the idea that the Jaguars are just going to, steamroll everybody in this division crazy to me right it's pretty crazy (laughs) just like the idea that anybody else in the uh in the nfc south could just you know just gonna cruise like the saints are just gonna cruise i mean the the bucks are there they got baker mayfield you never know baker's also in the the news this week he's uh official week one starter what does it mean for his props in tampa futures we'll tell you next the man the myth Messy. Catch Inter Miami take on FC Cincinnati in the U.S. Open Cup on the all-new Galazzo Network. Baker Mayfield named the starter week one in Tampa Bay. I mean, like no bleep Sherlock news here out of out of out of Tampa, <laughs> right? Like, like we like we 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 sort of knew this was coming, dudes. Uh, I mean, do you think um, do you think this changes? anything for you he's obviously got very large shoes to fill in terms of tom brady you know on one of my group chats somebody like was like oh baker to brady to like we knew baker was gonna be the starter i think it's just like the general public maybe wasn't aware that he would he would definitely be the guy but it was like you know he's like brady to baker that's kind of (laughs) tough and you look at the odds uh DraftKings got some odds up pretty quickly on baker's uh, passing your total it is tough shoes because the over-under here, 3,000.5 passing yards for Baker. That yeah. is a low number in, in the year low. of our Lord, 2023. Yeah, nobody wants to follow the GOAT, right? It's, these are tough shoes to fill if you're Baker Mayfield. And if you look at it in totality, right, this is probably his last chance to be penciled in as a starter without having a competition. Now, I know people will say he had a competition with Kyle Trask. People I talked to in that building, it was his job. Kyle Trask kind of played it into a competition yeah. when Baker started turning the football over in camp. But we saw him manage the game, right, versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think the coaching staff, after seeing that, like, all right, we're more comfortable going with Baker, especially when you got a defensive-minded head coach. And Todd Bowles. This number, like you said, Will, is very low. I think he hits this number. Like, let's not forget, even in 2021, with a bum shoulder, he hit over on this number, right? So I believe with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, the only thing that I question is if, if Tampa Bay starts losing, right, and then they become a fire sale as far as trading guys away at the trade deadline, then he maybe doesn't hit this number. But if Baker Mayfield's a starter for the whole season, he's definitely hitting this number. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, well, so what do you think about, I love this take, because I'm actually on the over six and a half for Tampa Bay, which seems mm. crazy because really? I know a you're, lot. You're, I know. You're, you're, not, you're not on a, uh, like a bus full of people who are like hanging out with you on that one i and i'm not saying you're wrong i'm just saying like like you're like you're not on an island but you're not on a there's the bus isn't steaming down the highway full of people (laughs) i'm i'm alone and i know it's crazy right the overs at minus what minus or plus 120 there minus 140 to the under look tampa bay lost the fifth most games to injury last season so they were really unlucky when it comes to injury and really on both sides of the ball, they had absolutely no run gain, right? So the return of Ryan Jensen should help improve their ground game a little bit. They also face an easier schedule of opposing rush defenses this season. Mm -hmm. So again, should help the run game out a little bit. And yeah, okay. They won the division, even though they had a losing record, they won the division last year, which means they will draw some really tough games. They have the Bills, the 49ers, the Eagles, all of those uh, rank in the top five of Super Bowl odds. But other than that, I kind of think the schedule is like working for them. You got six divisional yeah. games. We've talked about this division not being so great. And then you also got the AFC South, wow. which yep. those yeah. games are going to be not exactly a cakewalk, but you know, again, not Eagles, Niners, Bills. So Seven is probably a stretch. I lean that way. But if you look at their division wins, I believe that's at two and a half, even money. I kind of like it. It's, it's funny how that matches up, right? If a team's win total is like six and a half, the division win is always two and a half, right? Because they know it's right there at that cusp. Yeah. Like, could they split with every team in the division? Yes, right? So if they do that, they're already halfway to six wins. So I, I'm going under on their wins, though, Mops. Like I said, <laughs> yeah. I, I honestly yeah, think this is going to be a, yeah, I think this is going to be a fire sale halfway through the season at the trade deadline just because you talked about Ryan Jensen. We still haven't seen him, Mox. He's been on the sideline. Is he going to be healthy enough to come back? Like, where is he at mentality-wise? Yeah. And we saw a massive drop-off as far as guys being able to get to the quarterback when Shaq Barrett went down. Yeah, He's still coming back from that injury. Now, he has been participating in practice, but he just doesn't look the same. And obviously he dealt with something very tragic this offseason as well, too. So I don't know where they're going to be as far as pass rush ability, getting to the quarterback and affecting the quarterback. Uh, Diaby, I really like from Louisville who they've taken. He's looked really good in preseason, but you know, you can never tell with preseason and can't see. They lost him early in training camp. Now he should be back for the regular season. We'll see. I just think there's too many young guys. And then the offensive line woes. I think uh, Wharf's going to left tackle is like tying your right hand behind your back and switching everything. <laughs> so that's tough for a guy that was a pro bowler at the right tackle position. So I think it's going to be a learning curve for him moving over to left tackle as well. So I think I think the Bucks are going to struggle. I honestly think it's going to be a fire sale halfway through the season. But I still like Baker Mayfield, if he's the starting quarterback, to go over that 3,000 and a half yards. 
I feel like I'm on a bus about to go over a cliff now after. <laughs> and, uh, the, the idea, the idea that you could just like people like ah, just just shifting from right to left tackle. It's like yeah. that's, that's, I've talked to so many offensive line gurus and offensive linemen. They said they don't understand how hard that is. Well, and, and worse, even like you know, you mentioned like tying your hand behind your back. He actually was doing that in training camp earlier this season. He was tying oh, wow. his right hand, or he was yeah, he was tying his right hand because naturally because. I'm doing this right. If you're if you're if you're on the right side, you're you're punching with your right hand first, right? Or you punch with your left yeah. hand first. Well, you usually don't want to give the outside edge hand, so he's probably punching with his inside hand. Well, yeah, so yeah, so, but be, any, yeah. Anyway, he was he was purposely tying one of his hands in order. Yeah, so he was tying his left hand, tying his right hand, so he could. I, I'm. This is not a football. He's probably problem. tying his left hand. So <laughs> yeah, he sure yeah he this is a brain right. problem. Big yeah. football guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. It's it's like I can't think of like right or left. Yeah, he wants to punch with his inside hand, and he's used to punching yeah. with that left hand because he's used so to he, being on the right side. So he yeah, tied so his tied. left hand so he could so he could start practicing punching Correct. with his right hand. Yeah, because he'd be opposite side. Because like that's the thing is like you shift to the left side and you're still trying to punch to the left, and then you're giving up Correct. that inside leverage. Inside, exactly. Um, so just looking at this really quickly. Like, do, how many games do we think Baker starts for the for the Buccaneers? Ooh, is there, is there a prop on that? Ooh, no, gets, but I'm going to correlate it to the yards. One. I'm, so, I'm honestly going to say eight. Oh, eight? Yeah. Then you should take the under on that passing yards, I think. I should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, just, why I said, that's why I said if he starts every game, I love him on that number. But yeah. if he only yeah. plays halfway through the season, no way. So since 2011, only uh, seven guys have gone under 3,000 passing yards when they've started 15 or more games for their respective teams. Mark Sanchez and Christian Ponder uh, both did it in 2012. Then we had Deshaun Kaiser in 2017, Jacoby Brissett in 2019. And then both Cam Newton and Lamar Jackson did it in 2020. Cam with the Patriots, uh, Lamar with the Ravens. Um, and then uh, Justin Fields did it last year. So the, the really, like, if you talk about modern quarterbacks – you just say, like, in recent years, Kaiser and Brissett, very much hamstrung by those offenses. And then the other three guys, big, big, big-time running quarterbacks. Like, three of, like, the most explosive five running quarterbacks ever, maybe. Uh, that's not Baker Mayfield. So, if he starts at 15 games, he's probably going to get there? Correct. But if he starts less than that, it's going to be tough. So, maybe maybe that number is okay. Um, just, uh, just, just sort of thinking through that. I mean, if there's some other quarterbacks that we can look at, right? I mean, we're talking about Baker Mayfield here. You got Kirk Cousins, his line, 4,300 and a half. That under is juiced to minus 120. Or can he pick it? I don't know if I said that. How you? Can he pick it? Three thousand three hundred and a half, and that uh, that over is actually juiced to minus 120. You got Sam Howell too, which is an interesting one. Uh, 3,200 and a half, both at minus 110. Liege, any takes on these quarterbacks? Are you thinking, I feel like Kirk Cousins is getting kind of overshadowed a lot. Um, and I was talking to someone last night. They actually think the Vikings are, they can't, they can't be a sleeper team because they're a good team. But I think a lot of people are doubting them. games last year. <laughs> yeah, my, my, I, I, I'm doubting them a lot this year. But I am Kirk too. Cousins get over this 43 and a half or uh, 4,300 yeah. and a half. That's an aggressive number, but I think he goes over. I mean, if you look at this team, right, their passing defense was god-awful last year. So they were in a mm. lot of shootouts. And they didn't really fix the situation when it comes to that right now. They did bring in Byron Murphy, but there's going to be some unknowns at the other cornerback and other safety position, right? I, I believe Andrew Booth is, has, has a shot to potentially start opposite of Byron uh, Murphy. We don't know what he can do. 
right? Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Lewis Seen, who was a first-round pick for them, he's not even in the, the starting rotation at safety right now. He's in the second team. So I know Brian Flores has been tasked to do more with less, right? So I think they will be better. I still honestly think they're going to be in some shootouts. And I think that Kirk Cousins is going to have to go out there and win games like he did last year. And I believe he goes over 4,300 and a half yards. I know that's a crazy number. Just be, But if you look at the defense, there's so many deficiencies on it. I just think they're going to be a, a tad bit better. But I think Kirk Cousins is going to have to win shootouts again. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Kirk Cousins has to wing the ball uh, around a ton just because that's what he might have to do. I mean, like, like it's just like you say, like he just might have to. I think the Kenny Pickett one, Kenny Pickett, as Kenny Ryan Wilson Pickett. said. Wait, time out, though. Why do you say it that way? Ryan Wilson started saying it like that. I loved it. Uh, <laughs> I started saying it, and then I started saying it on radio interviews, and then people started kind of picking it up, and it started, it's like a whole national phenomenon thing now. Just oh, like national? Just, okay. <laughs> well, it's maybe a, a global phenomenon, if you prefer. Um, yeah, it's really more like, the idea that like Kenny Pickett is like sort of like could be a, a, a race car driver from like Statesboro, North Carolina or something like Kenny Pickett here down and coming around the stretch, turn four, Kenny Pickett. You know, it didn't sound like a, a blue collar Pittsburgh quarterback. Uh, but I, I digress. Um, 33, you'll be mentioned with Baker, right? 3,000 passing yards is low if he starts 15 games. Well, yeah. you can't predict injury. And you can't guarantee Kenny Pickett stays healthy. But one thing we've seen from this offense in the preseason so far is they're letting him throw a lot more than they did in his rookie season. And if you you think about like 3,300 yards, I mean, we are not talking many yards. We're talking 195 yards per game over 17 starts to top 3,300 yards. And like juiced up a little bit at minus 120. I don't mind that over at all because – Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I just think you're going to see him average over 200 passing yards a game, and he just has to start the whole season. It would be shocking to me, even if that defense is really good, even even if the offensive line is better, even if Najee Harris has a great bounce-back season or breakout season or whatever it is, like Kenny Kenny Pickett still getting over 200 yards per game. What do you think, Deuce? Yeah, I like that number, too. And and to your point, to me, it comes down to Matt Canada, right, the offensive coordinator. If he doesn't mess Kenny Pickett up, he's going to smash this number. We see the rapport he has already with George Pickens, right? The Pickett to Pickens uh, connection has looked really strong in preseason already. Um, we know that the – I don't know why I'm having a brain fart right now. Who's their other receiver, number 18? Uh, uh, Deontay, Deontay Johnson. Johnson. Deontay yeah, yeah. Johnson. We know he's going to get at least 130 target shares, right? So – I think he crushes this number, right? Like, even if the run game is effective for them, right? Like you said, I just think Kenny Pickett, there's 
the, the growth from year one to year two is the biggest leap for any player in the league. Is That's when you usually grow the most from year one to year two. And we've kind of seen it now. Again, you have to kind of table what you see in preseason because, again, a lot of times it's not versus starters and you're not playing a whole game because you can look good in two drives, but then if you throw two picks later in the game, it looks terrible, right? So, right. like, you have to always pump your brakes when you look at things in the preseason. But from what I've seen from Kenny Pickett and the ascension and growth as far as him making big-time throw, I mean, that, that pass to Pat Fryer move down the seam was beautiful, right? Right over the linebacker running down the seam with him, right before the safety coming down. You know, I mean, that was a magical throw. So, if he's playing with that type of confidence and that type of aggression and taking care of the football, I think Kenny Pickett, again – Depending on what Matt Canada does, I think he crushes this number. All right. I love that. Well, we're going to take a quick break here, guys. Uh, when we come back, we're going to ground and pound. We're going to look at some running backs, maybe a little oh, bit yeah. off the radar, not entirely off the radar, but maybe not some of your top picks here. You're watching Pick 6 with Dews, Brinson, and Mox. We'll be right back. Driving into the stadium, seeing everybody tailgating. I get that ready-to-go feeling. You know, to walk through the fan section over there and see that many people excited about football, so I'm really looking forward to it. You get away from football for a little bit and then you start missing it, you get that itch again. For me, that first catch is everything. Once I get one catch, I'm in the zone. Get back to football. We can't wait. Can't wait. We can't wait. We can't wait. All right, welcome back to Pick 6 Podcast. Uh, all right, so, Liege, we've already talked at nauseam about running backs like Christian McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley. We've we've dived in to all of their props. So I want to kind of look at some season props for some that might not be on everyone's initial radar. You got uh, Travis Etienne, his rush yards, 950 and a half with the under juice to minus 120. You also talked about Miles Sanders coming off of a huge mm-hmm. year last year. He's at 925 and a half. Also that under juice to minus 115. And then you got Brian Robinson Jr., 750 and a half um, under minus 135. What I find, so I want your take on these, but what I find so interesting is a lot of these backs are juiced to the under. So I'm curious yeah. if any of these guys, you know, could surprise us. Yeah, well, I'll, I'm going to go with who I think will go over first, right? And yeah. that's Travis Etienne and Brian yes. Robinson. If you look at Travis Etienne, I mean, he crushed that number last year. And I know people will say, well, they added Calvin Ridley. Tank Bigsby has played really well in preseason. But when they really needed to get that offense going down the stretch during that win streak, Travis Etienne was getting it done. And you look at him in the playoffs, he was getting it done. So I believe they'll lean back into him, especially down the stretch. I believe he crushes his number. I mean, Brian Robinson missed the first couple games of the season – after being shot because he was trying to get robbed. Yeah. And he went over this number. Now trying I Trying not to get robbed. Yeah, trying not to get robbed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah trying not to get robbed. I and mean, he got shot and still went over this number, right, in the same season. So I know he's splitting carries with Antonio Gibson. But Eric Bieniemy, let's not forget, yes, yeah. he came from the Kansas City Chiefs. He's an ex-running back. Yep. He's going to run the football. Brian Robinson is going over this number. He went over it last year. He will go over it this year. The Miles Sanders one, Katie, I kind of went back and forth with because, again, we know he had the career year last year. That was in Shane Steichen's offense. This is Frank Wright's offense now, right? Um, Chuba Hubbard looked really good down the stretch for the Panthers last year. I was at that cross practice for the Jets and Panthers, and Chuba Hubbard looked like their best back, honestly. Mm. I think he's going to eat into some of those yardage, Ooh. that yardage that Miles Sanders gets. I'm taking the under 925 and a half from Miles Sanders. 
uh, with the Carolina Panthers. And it's because I think Chuba Hubbard, Hubbard will essentially, by the end of the season, it'll be a 50-50 split. So I think I think the move typically with these running back props, and there's a reason why these are juiced to the under, is, I mean, there's just, look, I mean, there's, we go back to the Jonathan Taylor stuff. I mean, I understand why the Colts don't want to pay a running back. I, like, I, like, I understand why no, teams don't want to do it. The, the, the longevity isn't there. Um, it's a very important piece for uh, for every NFL team but you can also fill that fill that spot with a with a player that you get like a cheaper price right so I understand like I think that when you look at these you got to be careful about going over on them mainly because like like Bijan Robinson love Bijan Robinson think he's going to be incredible this year his over under is like 1100 rushing yards that's a ton of rushing yards it requires you to be healthy productive your team to be winning you to be or or like your team to be just so dedicated to running the football that they run even when they're trailing that doesn't happen often in the NFL I agree with you though on both of those overs dudes because ETN this is sort of a narrative-based drop in this number, I think, and it's because of Tank Bixby. Well, Tank Bixby is getting all these carries, but Doug Peterson's not playing his starters. Like, exactly. Like, Tank, Tank, <laughs> like Tank, Tank Bixby is a rookie who they want to get NFL reps in the preseason. Yeah. He's probably going to see a ton of red zone carries and a ton of goal line carries. Yeah, But Bill, sure. Bar- Bill Barnwell did a great job, uh, a friend of the pod did a great job breaking this down on Twitter where it's like, ETN's not a bad goal line back. He just didn't really have a whole lot of luck and they didn't block very well. He got to 1,125 yards on 220 carries last year. ETN is coming off an ACL tear. He's an incredibly efficient, dynamic running back. They're going to use him a ton. I think he gets over that number. The Miles Sanders one, I'm a little cautious on. I I wouldn't take the under. I I would go, I would lean under for these purposes. I don't think I would bet the under just Mm. because Sanders, like he could end up being that feature back. And that, uh, that, 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 that offensive line is really good at run blocking, even if they're not a great pass blocking unit oh, right cool. now. Um, and then with with Brian Robinson, like seven fifty is just that's that's where you want to target that's a crazy to me. Number, yeah, like <laughs> target target these dudes who have numbers in the seven hundred. Where right. like seven hundred, if he plays fifteen games, all he needs to do is have fifty rushing yards a game to get right. seven hundred fifty rushing yards. That's where I want to target. Not like I don't think you want to live in the overs in, in the nine hundred range if you can help it. I agree. Okay. Uh, all right. We'll take a. Oh no, we're not taking a break. We'll just go straight no, to wide receivers. Keep, keep, the, keep the train moving. <laughs> keep the train rolling. Um, Brinson and his brain had already thought about taking a break Brinson, before wide Brinson receivers. Brinson is out on break. <laughs> Brinson, yeah, Brinson is on break. He'll be back in a few minutes. Uh, we saw Terry McLaurin suffer a toe injury on Monday night. We also oh. saw Zay Flowers, Oof. rookie out of Boston College, who looks. I mean, did you say this dude's already? He look, or Brady, or somebody said Antonio Brown is a comp, and like, whoa. I mean, I like him on the field, on the field. Yes. On the yeah. field. Very important there. <laughs> <laughs> I like the um, last trick there. Okay. <laughs> I'm curious. Uh, we also you don't uh, want to Jack- be an AV comp. Yeah, JSN Jackson, <laughs> Jackson Smith and Jigba also uh, is having wrist surgery. So he's questionable for week one. That's sort of our overarching wide receiver uh, uh, news item. I am curious though, uh, dudes on the Terry McLaurin injury and Zay Flowers. Like, what are you expecting from Zay Flowers? 30 to one to win officer of the year. Terry McLaurin is supposed to be back in week one. So he's probably fine, but yeah. gotta be a little concerned about the tap. Yeah, Zay Flowers. I mean, those are good odds, right? That 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 lets you know that a lot of people feel he's going to be a main part of this offense, right? It's not where he's going to just get three or four touches. You might see upwards to six to seven targets. Now, I believe he's going to get at least one or two end of rounds a game just because he's yep. that explosive, and you see it right there, right? They just want to get him the ball in open space. I think Todd Munkin did a really good job of doing that. He was in a you know cover three versus Emmanuel Forbes and made him miss in open space, who was another first-round pick from this last year. And then right there, put him in a bunch set, 
run him on an out route on a bootleg. Josh Johnson hits him in stride. And then you saw the rest, right? And for a guy that isn't that big, he's kind of strong. He made about two people miss there, but he broke about two tackles too. So this guy has great lower body strength. So I right, missed tackle there. You're not going to arm tackle me. I'm finding my way into the end zone. I like those 30 to one odds. I still got Bryce Young. I know a lot of people yep. say, you know, Bijan Robinson is the favorite and he is with the odds. I like Bryce Young to win offensive rookie of the year, but I would maybe sprinkle a little bit of money on that 30 to one because one thing we know, Mox and Brinson, mm. is that those receivers for the Ravens, a lot of them have had injury history. Mm-hmm. Beckham Jr., yeah. Rashad Bateman, Nelson Aguilar, all of those guys have dealt with injuries. Was Zay Flowers was at Boston College? He was there day in and day out and showed up. So, he could quickly become the number two, maybe even number one guy, depending on injuries for the Ravens. Again, I don't want to put injuries on anybody. Just looking at the history of what those guys have been through. And Terry McLaurin's just a tough guy, right? Uh, I mean, the toe turf, I've had that. Now, that can linger. It can be an issue. But Terry McLaurin's going to be out there, and he's going to be productive. We see the rapport he already has with Sam Howell. I think he's due for a big year as well. Uh, yeah, nothing, nothing like being an NC State fan and watching Sam Howell throw bombs to De'Ami Brown. Quite, quite, quite the <laughs> lot. <line. laughs> <laughs> a lot of connection. The heels are dominating, right? Um, yeah, look, I think with Zay Flowers too, and I agree with you. Bryce Young is my pick to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. I think five to one is still really good value on Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. But if you're betting that, you better bet Zay Flowers too, because if those three quarterbacks somehow crap out, Zay Flowers. Just getting the ball close to the line of scrimmage, he is going to do damage. You see that shiftiness and explosiveness. Um, he can beat. He can take. I don't. I mean, like. Good luck finding a cornerback who's just going to like stay on this guy. The way that he can get up into a cornerback quickly and just get like get separation is really really impressive. Uh, another rookie, Jackson Smith and Jigbo, who I mentioned, JSN is having oh. wrist surgery according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. He's going to be questionable for Week One. That was going to throw. Uh, I believe it pulled his odds and DK Metcalf's odds and Tyler Lockett's odds all all off the board. So instead, Katie, I'll ask you about another NFC West wide receiver. Oh. My guy, your guy, Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. 775 and a half receiving you yards. Me? That's one of my favorite uh, calls yeah. from a guy. Okay. Yeah, well, one, take the over on this yes. all day long. Uh, it's oh. it's surprising to me. I actually me. took this as like my first prop bet in our sports line draft. Yeah. Well, it's surprising to me that his line is the same as it was last year. Last year yeah. at this time, it was 775 and a half. Now he had his first season last year where he went over a thousand yards. There's just no reason to think that he's going backwards. I mean, if you, if you look at him, like, I think there's going to be potentially increased workload. I know that a lot of people think that maybe there will be less because you have so many weapons, but his efficiency after the catch is just so ideal for a Shanahan offense. And and Purdy, I think, actually helps him out a lot yep. here because those six games with Purdy under center, Ayuk was on pace for even more than this. He was on pace for 1,029 receiving yards. So everyone in this organization that I have heard is saying Ayuk is primed for a monster year. There is just no reason to think that he goes backwards. So give me the over on this all day long. Yeah, I'm with you, Mox. Uh, he's actually my breakout player of the year at receiver, uh, Brandon Ayuk. And the thing that why his number is probably so low, and I think it's a combination of Debo Samuel coming out and saying, I played like last year. It's not going to yeah. happen again this year, right? And you kind of look at the last preseason game when the Stars were out there. They made it a point to get Debo the ball early in that game, right? They got him the ball on a screenplay, got him on a, the ball on a bootleg, just getting him in space, getting him the ball. And then we saw, you talked about Brandon Ayuk's numbers, but George Kittle's numbers went through the roof when Brock Woo! Purdy 
what's yes. the quarterback. So I think that's what Vegas is looking at. I still think Brandon Ayuk is going to have a ridiculous year this year. Everybody I've talked to, as you know, that was my last team uh, in the league. I love it. They said Brandon Ayuk has just been killing everybody at camp. Like he, yeah. he is one of the best route running receivers. Uh, if he was not on a team with George Kittle and Debo Samuel, he'd probably be a, a Pro Bowl receiver at any other team because that's how good he is. So I like the over on this. Like you said, Katie, he went over 1,000 yards last year. I, I'm taking the over. I think he's going to – he's due for a big year this year. Easy, well, and you, easy you over, up, yeah. Easy over. And you bring up George Kittle, Liege, and I don't think we've been on an episode together. My favorite bet for the entire season, for some reason, books have George Kittle's uh, receiving touchdown line at five and a half, and the over Ooh. is at like plus 110. That's the guy crazy. had that just, yeah, it's crazy. So he had that with that just Mark Purdy, didn't he? Yeah. With Purdy, well, first of all, he had, he had 11 touchdowns last year, the most of his career. He had seven with Purdy. You're going to set That's this line saying. at five and a half all day long. That's a crazy line. But, uh, uh, by, by the way, uh, uh, Brady, are you still just 25 years old? He's been in the league three yeah. years already. And let's not forget, Kyle Shanahan used a first-round pick on him, right? And were it not for my guy, Trey Sermon, dragging him into the doghouse. Sermon. Two years ago, remember, remember, Ayuk and Sermon were like, Santa. I was like, why is he not playing Brandon Ayuk? That made yeah. no sense to me. Him and Sermon did something like yeah. at training camp, like a like they never got caught for it, but they were just in the doghouse. Like I don't know what they for did, but Sermon's that. been shipped out, obviously, and now Ayuk, uh, I think, said absolutely but, but set to, to break point, out. To your point, even when Ayuk was in the doghouse, he still was over this line. I believe he had like yeah. eight hundred seventy-five. Yeah, he was in the doghouse in the first half year. of the season. There's no yeah. reason to think that he's not going over this. Yeah, I mean, his, you know, his as a rookie, 96 targets in just 12 games. Ridiculous. Oh. 60 catches, 748 yards, five touchdowns. Second year, 84 targets, 56 catches, 826 yards, five touchdowns. And that's the doghouse season for the first couple of games of the year. Oh, and then, yeah. then last season, full 17 games, 114 targets, 78 catches, 1,015 yards. I don't think that this line – I think that this line is basically stale – Ba uh, on the fact that like we don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be they have Kittle they have McCaffrey they have Debo K is there enough there for Ayuk to get fed it's like yes. this guy catches 68% of his balls like exactly. I mean he's, he's, he's going to get fed uh dudes I'm curious what you think about the guy Garrett Wilson mm, man special. I finally got around to watching episode two of Hard Knocks special it's just a great up. It's just a great season of Hard Knocks. It it's is. fantastic. It's hilarious. Like I don't really love Doctor uh, Doctor not Doctor Oz. I don't love Doctor Oz, but uh, Oz the Mentalist. <laughs> I'm not a I, huge. I don't know. Yeah, I just don't know, like a huge fan. But then I'm watching that. I'm like, all right, this is great. And then like I'm giggling at Zach Wilson talking trash to Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> That's hilarious um, too. Not, yeah, not a ton of Garrett Wilson action in this episode, but he's been featured plenty. Uh, One thousand one hundred and fifty and a half yards. Uh, we've seen lots of receivers turn into alphas with Aaron Rodgers. Do we think we get this over with Garrett Wilson? I mean, he almost hit this number with four quarterbacks yeah. last year. Yeah, what, are we, what are we doing here? Yeah. Like, honestly, I like another bet, and you you guys might look at me crazy, but I, I told I told you guys before, like, if you just look at the history with him and Devontae Adams, and not calling him Devontae Adams, right, and what the numbers that he put up with Aaron Rodgers, mm -hmm. I like that plus 800 for Garrett Wilson to go over 1,500. Ooh, the QB model. If, if you look at the target share for the number one receiver for Aaron Rodgers, excluding last year because there was true no true number one thing. Christian Watson towards the end of the year became the number one. Alan Lazard was supposed to be it. He just never took the reins. 
Like the target share is, is crazy if you look at yeah. Devontae Adams compared to every other receiver. I think it's going to be like that for the Jets, to be honest. I mean, again, watching them at practice, right? They're just so in sync. I'm actually excited to see them versus the Giants on the field for the first time in uh, preseason week three. He's going to crush 1,150 and a half yards as long as he stays healthy. I like him to go over 1,500. I would sprinkle a little money on that plus 800. Mm. I love that, actually. It's a good sprinkle. And to, to rinse into what you were talking about, I think, you know, I you and I were t- were texting and I was I was watching the second Hard Knocks. Um, it's just so interesting because I feel like Aaron Rodgers has such a bad reputation for not being helpful with his teammates and being selfish. And it couldn't be farther from the truth, at least in mm. what we've seen. He better get Nimi for Hard it because he's doing his best to make sure you don't think that. I'll tell you that. Well, it's, <laughs> by the way, it's working. Uh, it's it's definitely working. Sure. I'm like this. I'm like how. How has this guy not talked to his family in 10 years? Like, this is right. a lovely wonder. He's he's hugging the tight end coach, saying, good job, coach. That's good coaching. I'm like, I love he this He did call guy. the Panthers offensive line coach fat. He's like, why are you so fat? Well, that, that was his guy from Green Bay. No, I know, I know. He's I know. trying to get a help. It's so funny. Yeah. He's just like, he's like, man, you're so fat. And he's like, <laughs> he's like what? I, I've been working out. He's like, you said you would be below 265. What do you got? He's like, 270. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, I, um, that magician was wild. I don't yeah, know how that. Oz the mentalist or whatever. He's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, was that that you were you were saying, Doctor Oz? I'm like, I don't know what. You're yeah, that's what about. he was talking about. The mentalist. Oz the, uh, Oz the mentalist. He's like famous. Yeah, like he like, but he's not a magician. He's actually so like if the trick that he pulled on um Michael Carter at the very beginning of the episode where he goes. But, but, but you know what he did, right? You know the trick to that, oh, right? No. He goes, they feed him that, he goes, feed him that information all day long, don't they? No, 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 no. You, so he goes, he goes, all right, you're going to come up with a number. He's right. He goes, you thought of the number? And he's like, he's like, said hot, zero, 10, 20, 30, 40. Well, your eyes dart when you hear the first number. And so, like, he, he, he watched his eyes in the way that they moved when he said oh, zero, wow. 10. And then he's like, zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, for the second number, right? He, you, he could follow his eyes based on, like, like, if you tell a lie, for instance, like, I'm not gonna. T- I don't I'm not gonna tell a lie. Well, yeah, you, you look down to the left, right? You look down lying. to the left or up to the yeah. left or whatever it is. Just like close your eyes. Then what does he do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, <laughs> he he was he was. I don't know how the hell he did the the goldfish thing. Don't get me wrong. Like that, 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 was, that wild. Thing was crazy. But, but, but like, there's just ways that he can do that. As a, a anyway, I'm tired of my face being giant. What, what else do we have to talk about? I'm freaking my <laughs> no, freaking out with my nothing, giant. We have face nothing else here. to talk about. This is the end of the show. Uh, dudes, thank you so much for joining us today. Tuesdays are so much more fun. With you, uh, Brinson. Tuesdays. 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 I like it. We got to put that on on screen. Somebody's got to tell. See you, Brady. Brady. Someone's (laughs) got to tell Brady. No longer the the Brady Quinn football show. It is Tuesdays, which I think he actually might like because I think. uh, Anyways, all right. Make sure that you join us all week for more NFL coverage uh, for the preseason and some more futures. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe on the YouTube page. Ever and listening to audio only. Download, follow, leave a five-star review. Tell your friends to listen and watch the pod on Tuesdays and also Mondays and Thursdays. See ya. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.